0: Uh, several uh, visitors with us today. We are delighted that you're here today. We welcome you to Liberty First Baptist Church on this beautiful Lord's Day that God has made. And, and uh, attached to our bulletin is a, is a visitor's card. And I just want to encourage you, if you'll take a few moments and uh, fill out that information, uh, we would love to connect with you and get to know you better. And also on the back of our visitor's card is a, uh, a prayer request section. So uh, we'd be honored to pray about whatever request might be on your heart this morning even if you list unspoken god knows the need and uh, we pray over these cards and uh, we'd be honored to do that uh, to pray together with you about whatever request that you have and then when the offering plate is passed if you'll just drop that in the offering plate and once again i just want to welcome you i'm so glad that we can gather together and we can worship the lord uh, jesus christ Now, i do i uh, want to remind our men uh, we've started a men's prayer group on wednesday morning at 4.30, 4.30 in the morning, uh, we meet down in the fellowship hall. So, uh, men, come on and join us. And uh, like I said last Sunday, if Jesus can rise from the dead, you can rise from the bed. So, come on and join us, and uh, we'll pray together. We had a great time last uh, last Wednesday morning uh, praying for the lost and praying for various needs in our church family, and, and uh, prayer makes a difference. And so, uh, men, I encourage you to come and join us. Also, men, uh, this coming Saturday is our men's fish fry. And... Uh, so I hope you'll sign up for that. There's a sign-up sheet at the uh, uh, Welcome Center out there at the Vestibule. So uh, bring a friend. It's going to be a great time together. So I just want to remind you about our men's uh, fish fry uh, that's coming up. And then uh, I want to ask if you would please uh, remember the Joe Hunter family in prayer. What a sweet service on Friday uh, for, uh, for Joe Hunter. And uh, just remember their family in prayer. I, I assured Richard that we would be in prayer for them. Also, uh, John Edmonds senior family. Uh, the memorial service for uh, Mr. Edmonds was last Wednesday, and uh, I, I encouraged Bell that we would uh, lift them up and continue to pray for them. So let's remember the John Edmonds family as well, and then also Aaron Whitmire. Uh, good to see Aaron up there uh, doing the sound for us today. I know uh, Aaron had a lot of tests and things last week, and so I want you to know Aaron as well as, as uh, Jennifer and family. We love y'all and, and uh, continuing to lift y'all up to the Lord in prayer and and. Uh, we know that God's in control and trusting in Him. And, and so uh, I'm grateful for that today. But uh, but I, I'm also honored to have John McGuire here with us today. John, we're so glad that you're here. Hannah, what a beautiful family sitting right up here. Uh, down front, you can tell preacher's kids sitting right down front here this morning. But uh, we welcome y'all. And uh, I was just talking with John. It's been at least seven years since I've seen John. And I remember John in our our youth group uh, coming up uh at my home church there at east side we had some good times didn't we john and uh I, I couldn't help but think back to uh that m-fuge at mississippi college i believe it was back maybe in 04 or so uh what a powerful uh, week and uh, just cherish those those memories and i'm so proud of john following the lord's uh leadership in his life and and how god is using him hannah uh so glad that y'all were here today we welcome you and and uh at the conclusion of the service um we're going to be taking a love offering for John, so just want to just go ahead and share that with you, and um, and, and you can, uh, if you want to give, um, if you want to write a check, you can make it out to uh, LFBC, and then we'll get that to John, And uh, but I'm glad y'all were here today. Looking forward, excited uh, to have y'all here with us, and uh, pray that the Lord will be honored and, and glorified, and, and uh, I'm glad that all of you are here as well this morning, and, and uh, let's, as we pray this morning, let's remember uh, those that have upcoming tests and procedures, and Uh, Those that's not able to be here with us today, I know there'll be those watching online right now. We're glad that y'all are joining us uh, this morning as well. And I know there's many requests represented among us today. And uh, we want to lift each of those up to the Lord. And and I asked if you would, if you'd come and join me at the altar. Those of you that would, as we call on the Lord in prayer this morning. Let's gather around the altar uh, as we go to the Lord in prayer and ask for God's help this morning. Being gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are grateful that we can call on your name this morning. Where would we be without you, dear Lord? Where would we be without the cross and without your amazing grace and your love? Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to ponder that because, Lord, you did come and die for us and, and you displayed the greatest love mankind has ever known when you went to the cross of Calvary, Lord, for our sin. And We thank you for that, Lord, and we thank you that you are alive Lord, that you arose from the tomb, and we serve a risen Savior, and I, I'm grateful for that today, and I thank you for the victory that's ours through Jesus Christ our Lord. God, I ask today for your help. Lord, we pray for those, Lord, that are hurting, and uh, those families that's lost loved ones, God, for the Edmund family, and for the Hunter family, Lord, we lift them up to you, and ask God that they'll continue, Lord, to seek your presence, and God, would you wrap your loving arms about those families, Lord, and help them Uh, during this time and Lord may you be honored and glorified we ask and and then Lord I I pray for Aaron Lord I I pray that you'll continue Lord to guide and direct we pray for the the doctors and specialists and and all that are ministering Lord just pray that you'll open doors and uh, we pray for Jennifer and Gabe and, and for their family as well and and I just am grateful Lord that God that we never inform you about anything God that you're in control and we look to you and we trust in you God, we have gathered here for such a time as this today. And Lord, I pray that we'll hear from you. Lord, help us to open our hearts this morning and receive what you have for us. That God, that we'll respond by faith and say yes to you. And Lord, that we'll leave this place changed and different, Lord, for your glory and for our good. Lord, we ask your blessings on us. Help Liberty First Baptist Church, Lord, to be a lighthouse here in this community, Lord, for your glory. We ask in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen.
1: Once again our offertory hymn will be how great is our God come forward at this time.
2: Dear Lord, we just thank you for the day, this day you've given us, Lord, and all the blessings of life. And Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to come back to your house and worship today, Lord. Lord, we just lift up prayers to you to to anyone who can't be here today, those that are online, and uh, those who may have some type of sickness. Lord, we just pray that you'll give them peace and comfort, Lord. And and Lord, we pray for uh, Brother McGuire as he brings the message today, Lord. And, And I just pray that you'll give him the words that you've placed on his heart for us to hear and. Lord, if there's anybody here struggling today with anything, uh, I just pray that you'll speak to them today, Lord, and and they'll turn those things over to you, and you'll give them the peace that that they need and and that we know you want for them, Lord. Lord, again, we just thank you for these tithes and offerings, and we just pray that you take those to uh, build and glorify your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
3: I know you're tired, I see it in your
1: eyes
3: All that anxiety that rules your mind I'll be your shield when you don't feel like you've got strength enough to fight I'll stand by your side This night when you're terrified i will carry you when the waters rise when your hope runs dry i will carry you you are not the sum of your mistakes you don't have to hide the parts of that ache I choose you as you are a million times cause I am not ashamed of you and I won't walk away from you I will carry you through your darkest night when you're terrified ocean. When you can't keep going, I will shoulder your burdens. I will carry you through your darkest night when you're terrified. I
0: song is it's absolutely true God is faithful there's never a time when we call on him that he's preoccupied or, or he's overwhelmed because too many people are calling on him it's just an incredible thought that if every Christian prayed at the same time to the Lord God will not only hear but God will also deal with each one in the most personal way in a real way I'm grateful that you're not some number to God and I'm grateful for the personal, real relationship we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're so undeserving of that. But thank God that He's faithful, and He's true, and He's able. And I know that there are many sitting here in this congregation, and you could testify to that fact, that God is faithful. That when you called on Him in a time of difficulty, maybe some dark times in your life, God was there with you, and He brought you through it. And He's faithful. And I give the Lord praise for that. And, and um, and if that weren't true, then let's just turn the lights out and go home. But thank God it is true. And we serve a risen Savior. And as I say that, the sun shines brightening up outside. And I praise God. He's on the throne and in control. And whatever you have this morning, whatever you've brought with you this morning, we can trust the Lord with it. And I pray that we'll hand it over to Him and trust in Him and receive grace and mercy to help in our time of need. I pray that we'll all receive that help today from the Lord as we look to Him and as we trust in Him and I'm so as I mentioned earlier I'm so glad to have uh, Pastor John McGuire here with us this morning. He pastors Lawrenceville Baptist Chapel uh, up in upstate New York and um, sometimes Hannah I'm jealous of the pictures that you post on social media it's snowing up there and I wish well I, I'd like to have a good snow down here. Uh, I'm sure you probably get a little tired of it at times but uh, but anyway um, uh, John was uh, was a counselor at, at McCall RA camp um, and just been faithful to the Lord and and following God's lead, God led uh, He and His family up there uh, in, in New York. And, and I'm glad that you're here today, brother. And, and I look forward to uh, what the Lord's laid on your heart. And, and at this time, I just invite you to come and, and share from your heart. And, and then you close however you see fit this morning. Let's let John be welcome this morning.
4: All right. Well, it's so good to see everybody here this morning. As Mark mentioned, This coming summer will be seven years since I had resigned from Liberty Fire Department and and we moved to North Carolina for a couple of years for school and then we made it back to South Carolina for a little bit. We were in uh, Wahala, but that's a little further away so we didn't always get to be here. And uh, there I was an associate pastor for a couple of years and uh, we've been in northern New York. So you think of upstate New York, you normally have Albany, maybe Syracuse, Buffalo in mind. We're, we're about three more hours north of that, and uh, you, you can't drive far enough to, to get to where we are, it seems like, sometimes. We're, we're up there, and uh, thankfully, right after we left, we left last Sunday evening to, to make our journey back down here, and it snowed Monday, so, and we're expecting snow Wednesday and Thursday this week. And uh, it, it'll snow even on Mother's Day last year, and it, it's pretty crazy all the snow that we'll get. But it'll last from, what, October until now-ish? And uh, but starting in December, the snow doesn't leave until it finally warms up a little bit. It's definitely a completely geographically different culture, um, spiritually a different culture as well. And it is wonderful being in a building with air conditioning right now. And uh, starting in, uh, in June and July, we'll open up the doors and let the wind air condition us, I hope. And uh, hopefully if the door doesn't slam shut, sometimes that happens. But I've, uh, I've kind of got what I want to speak this morning about, kind of split up into three different parts. And uh, the first one is just a really quick story that I asked that Mark and Valerie don't really listen to, if they can help it. But years ago, you can look at Mark now, it's years ago, right? That uh, I was fortunate enough to be part of uh, the youth group there at Eastside. And every Halloween, we had a fall festival. And uh, every Halloween, Mark had to stay extra late. The youth did not. And uh, we would find a way to journey over to his neighborhood and put toilet paper all over his house. And uh, that happened a couple of times. I don't even remember how many times. And there were more than a couple. There were a few times where some people were on top of the house doing stuff. I mean, we, we made sure it got covered. So I want to apologize to Valerie for all of that and uh, let Mark know that I'd do it again anyway. So <laughs> you uh, you don't judge me on that. I won't judge you for all the stuff you did when you were teens, okay? So I think we'll be all right. And uh, we honestly, we only did it because we loved him. We were always play, play, playing pranks on everybody because we loved each other. And that's just the way it was. Whenever... Even if it was a youth, if they had to leave their car in the church parking lot overnight, they couldn't come back with a clean car. It was covered. And uh, that's, just, that's just how we showed each other we loved them. And uh, we were, I was talking to Hannah about that just the other day. And uh, we, For me, I was born and raised here in Liberty. Most everybody knows me here. And uh, I was a volunteer firefighter for four years before I went full-time with Liberty. And did that almost six years. Before Hannah was finally like, so is it time (laughs) for you to go into ministry yet, or are you still dragging your feet? And uh, so two or three times a year she had asked me that, because uh, I'd already told her that I felt God was calling me into ministry, but I kind of felt like like I could compromise and retire early and then be a missionary or something like that. Well, that just doesn't work out. You've got to follow what God calls you to do. So we had decided early on in our marriage that when and where God calls us is where we're going to be. And uh, we don't really know when and where that's going to be and at what time that's going to happen. But right now, he's led us up to northern New York. And uh, so if you drive up Highway 81 all the way till you get to Syracuse, then drive another three hours, you'll, you'll find a little area where we are in northern New York. And uh, it's uh, if anybody's ever heard of Fort Drum, um, military base up there we're about what two hours from Fort Drum so uh, we're, we're a good ways up there and uh, God has definitely blessed us there um, when when we get back next Sunday I get to uh, start counseling with a young man who was saved last week on Resurrection Sunday and that's uh, going to be our fourth bat- baptism since we've been there and um, it's a very very spiritually dark area the the majority of any sort of um, resemblance of religion is going to be Roman Catholic. And if you take a combined geographical area of around Anderson County, Oconee County, Pickens, Greenville, Spartanburg, that large of an area, and throw in 13 Southern Baptist churches, that's our association. And you throw in just the Piedmont Baptist Association, right? There's like almost 80 churches just for that. Um, Very, very small number up there. The majority of the people who do attend church, they are very dedicated people. And uh, they they are true believers. And a lot of times, especially down south, you find a lot of cultural Christianity. A lot of people who grew up in church and think that they got a great Bible-based knowledge type thing, which is kind of how I was to begin with. And they believe, well, since I know a couple of things about the Bible, I must be a Christian. But that doesn't mean you have a true relationship with God. And we'll, we'll definitely get to a little bit of that in just a, just a minute. But what I want to do is kind of talk a little bit about the vision that our association, is the Adirondack Baptist Association. Um, we're, we're really comprised of most churches in the Adirondack Park, although... Our church, along with a few others, are so far north that we're actually outside of the Adirondack Park. (laughs) We're just north of them, and uh, we're up there a good little ways. And what we're doing now is we're really trying to focus more on replanting, revitalizing, and actually planting churches. And not many people have ever heard of replanting churches. And I kind of feel like replanting and revitalizing is where Hannah and I have really been called. With a revitalization, that is a church that has a really great group of core members who have really declined over the years, and they just need a little bit of help. They need a vision. They need a mission. And then a replanting church is a church that is within about two or three years of closing their doors because they've declined so much. And that is where we are right now. We are in the middle of a replant that's been going on for three years. It's picked up a lot since we've been there. Um, we had, God has really blessed us a lot we've, Just over the past year now We've gotten a few more members that's finally joined And uh, like I mentioned um, Last week we had one brother who was saved um, Just an amazing thing He's been coming for the past few weeks And just kind of been discipling him Just on the side And uh, right before communion last week He just raised his hand and said I think it's time for me to get saved And um, Just amazing what God is doing up there And then we're also working on Planting churches um, like I mentioned, we only have 13 churches in that entire association, in that entire north country. This is from almost around where, uh, about an hour north of Fort Drum, all the way over to Plattsburgh, which is in Vermont, like right next to Vermont. It's on the New York side of Vermont. It's a very large area, so we're trying to plant more churches in the area now. And to do that, um, one thing that I would like to mention to you guys, and one of the reasons why I'm here, one is we would love to partner with you to help support our ministry of replanting and revitalizing churches. Um, part of doing that means that the church isn't fully able to support a family of, we got a lot of them, right? Family of about seven, you know. And so what we do is, is I'm raising support financially to be able to replant churches and revitalize and do things like that. And uh, another thing that we're also working on as, a, as an association is we are trying to create pipelines of people just like you who are willing to come up, do mission work in the North Country, and also maybe even be called to the North Country in order to be a pastor, be an associate pastor, something like that, or just be a super awesome church member who supports and does missions locally. Um, I know not every one of you are going to be called to move there, but maybe somebody may be a little bit moved to go there just on a mission trip. Um, it's an amazing place to be in. The Adirondack Mountains are, um, are fantastic. Um, you've got Lake Placid, Saranac Lake. Those two areas are more popular areas that most people may, may recognize. Um, we've held the Olympics there several times, and as well as the University Games coming up next January. So if anybody would like to uh, have more information about that area, please come and talk to me. We'd love to talk to you about those things. Um, We're definitely planning on many mission trips to help out with things like that. Um, Definitely need more associations from around the country, more churches around the country to come in and partner with us. And we are working on solidifying the vision for our area right now so that we can present it to the North American Mission Board and have them come in as partners as well. And right now, North American Mission Board is a little split with where they put everything. The majority of their church planting is done in large cities. But there is one really small group that do replanting and revitalizing. And that is run by uh, their, their senior director, Mark Clifton. And he is a replanting pastor as well over in Kansas City. So we're hoping to present all of our things to them so that we could potentially have a little bit of uh, support that way up there as an association. We have a wonderful group of pastors that are leading all of this. And it's just fantastic what we're able to do up there. But for now, what I really want to talk to you about is what it means to actually live on mission. As I had mentioned that, I believe there are so many people who consider themselves Christians who never truly surrendered to God. But on that as well, there are those who have, and they just don't live like it. They don't live like they're they're on mission. Every one of us has been called into full-time ministry. We just don't realize it. We think that's the pastor's job. That's the associate pastor's job or the youth pastor's job is to actually live on mission. No, they, they're in it as a vocation. That is different than being a Christian who is called to be full-time. Okay, we are full-time in our workplace. We are full-time at our schools. And so what I've done is, this is the help of my creative wife. She's a lot more creative than I am. Um, I'm not very good with acronyms and alliterations and things like that. So what we were thinking of is, what does it mean to actually be the church and live as the church? And that being not just Liberty First or Eastside or whatever, but the Big C Church, the church as a whole. So if you do have um, pen and paper, it would be great to write some of these things down so you don't forget it, right? And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to live on mission. And what we've done is, is we were thinking, well, what does church really mean? So we've got the acronym of church. We're going to start off with C being conviction. It starts off with a conviction. We're going to start off right here in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Many of you can probably even just read this by heart. And Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So what's the problem with this? What what is this passage normally called? Does anybody have an idea? The Great Commission. How many of you live this out as a great omission, though? You ever thought about that? This is the great commission. This is what we are commanded to do. We have been commissioned to go and make disciples. This doesn't necessarily mean that we sit in the pulpit every single Sunday, right? Not everybody is able to do that. Not everybody is called to do that. But every one of us is called to live on mission as, as doers of the gospel here. It says that, uh, Go therefore, meaning that as you are going, As you were going throughout your day, as you were doing this, it's implied that we are going and making disciples, right? It's implied that we're already doing this. And so many of us choose not to do that. So many of us struggle with that. And I understand that. Hopefully the rest of uh, this will help you a little bit along the way when it comes to actually spreading the gospel. And a lot of times a pastor will tell you that it's a lot easier for him to stand up in the pulpit and talk to a great group of people than it is to do one-on-one sometimes. And that's because it can be intimidating, right? It can be intimidating talking to somebody about Jesus. I don't know why it is. Well, I believe it's more of a spiritual warfare kind of issue, honestly. And it's so easy for us to just kind of slink back and not do what we are called to do. But also, one of the parallel verses from this is found in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Tell you what it may be in the United States but Lawrenceville, New York seems like the ends of the earth sometimes. It's way up there and uh, that, that's one of those things that people think that this is just something that pastors are called to do No, we have all, if we are saved by grace through Jesus Christ, we are all supposed to be making disciples. Now, we all have individual giftings. I understand that. I know that. But we are all still called to go out. Go, you, therefore, and make disciples. And if you're scared that you can't do it, you're right, you can't. That's why the Holy Spirit's been sent, right? That's why God sent the Holy Spirit is so that we would receive that power and through us, he does the work. All we are is just his little little mouthpiece that's really not that good. We kind of stumble and fumble and everything else, but you know what, He's di- if he can do it through Moses, if he can do it through a donkey, he can even do it through me, right? So that's exactly what we need is a little bit of conviction sometimes. We need somebody to tell us that you are not doing what you're supposed to do. And then H. So we have C is conviction. H is hear the Holy Spirit. One thing that uh, a lot of people talk about, well, you know, if, uh, if God would just speak to me and tell me exactly who I'm supposed to talk to, if somebody, if he would just prompt me and tell me where to go, I would probably do it. Well, Probably not. Because I think a lot of times we actually do feel a prompting and we still don't do it. We don't listen. And I really love in uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these days he has spoken to us by his Son whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. So, if in these days he has spoken to us through Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ himself already told us in the Great Commission what we're supposed to be doing, what do you think we're supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be going out and doing that. And if you really need to hear that audible voice of the Spirit telling you who to go talk to, just read the Bible out loud and it'll tell you. Okay? And uh, that'll tell you exactly who to talk to. He says, everyone as you are going, as you are coming in contact with somebody, that is who you were to be talking to and sharing the gospel with. So we have conviction, hearing and listening to the Holy Spirit, and then probably one of my favorite ones that really helps me the most is you, and that is understand it's not up to you but the Holy Spirit. It's not up to what you say. It's not up to how you say it or how you present it you are not going to save anybody. You are the one that's supposed to be obedient. You are the one who is supposed to go out and just spread the gospel and show them who Jesus is. You are the one that's supposed to be living your life in such a way that shares the gospel. John 6, verse 44. Let me get to that real quick. says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up. John tells us, or Jesus tells us through John, that he is the one who draws people to the Father. We can invite them, we can invite them to church, we can invite them to recite a prayer, whatever it may be, we can do as much as we can, but ultimately it's not up to you, it's not up to me. It's completely, 100% up to what Jesus does and how the Holy Spirit works on somebody's heart John 16 verse 8 we'll actually start in verse uh, 7 it says nevertheless I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the helper will not come to you who's the helper that's the Holy Spirit right He will not come if I don't go away. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict. The Holy Spirit's job is to do all of that. And it says that it's to our advantage that he comes. He also says that you will do greater things than I will. Talking about the church as a whole will do greater things than even Jesus did when he was on earth. What is that talking about? Is that talking about the quality of the miracles he did? Nah, I don't think many of us are out there raising people from the dead, right? It's not, it's not the quality of stuff that Jesus did. It's most definitely the quantity. He has divided his body up amongst millions and millions of people now across all the nations for us to go out and do all the work that he has called us to do. So we have conviction, hear the Holy Spirit, understand that it's not up to you, but the Spirit. For me, that kind of relaxes me a little bit, helps me as I'm going, right? Makes you feel a little bit better that you can be like Moses and fumble and stumble and and all that, and it will still be okay. R for relationships with people, a little bit more practical, a little bit more practical for us. It's so easy for us as Christians to only have relationships with those of us that are within the church. It is so easy for us to only associate with those who are not in the bars, who are not out there doing the things that we're not doing. It's so easy for us to sit back and say, well, we can't be close to any of that stuff. It's so easy for us to separate ourselves. But that is not what Jesus did. Jesus... Form relationships with people. He loved on people, and that is where we should find ourselves: as having relationships with people. I'm going to be in John thirteen thirty four. He tells us, in uh, starting off in verse thirty four here, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. What does verse 35 say? By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If we're not loving ourselves and loving the community, people don't even know who we are. They don't even recognize you. They do not recognize that you are a blood-bought child of God. And many of us may consider ourselves to be, like I said, Christians, even though we really aren't. We're just fooling ourselves. We're tricking ourselves. It's just part of, part of my testimony was that I had fooled myself just because I had went to church and I had this really great, what I would assume, Sunday school knowledge. You can ask me a question. I could even try to show you the passage in the Bible that it came from. Just because I grew up in church and I knew Bible, Bible questions and things like that did not make me a child of God. Mark 12, verse 31. It says, The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. We're not out loving our neighbors, and our neighbor being those who are different than us, those who look different than us, those who act different than us, those who... Maybe make a little bit less money than we make. All the people that we try to push aside, those are the ones that we should be trying to form relationships with. Those are the ones that we are to be doing our best to invite to Christ. Listen, I've I've grown up since I was 15 in the fire department. Right now in uh, Lawrenceville, I'm an assistant chief with them. Fire departments are a completely different culture up there as well. If you'd like to ask me about that sometime, I'll talk about our beer cooler and everything else we've got. It, it's completely different than what we've got here. But those are the guys who I try to form relationships with. Those are the guys that I try to share the gospel with. Those are the ones that I stay up after a really bad fire call and we just play cards all night long trying to talk to them about Jesus the ones who already know him aren't really the ones that need to be invited, right? It's the ones that don't. The ones that are sick need him. These last two, these are the ones that they kind of go together and just because it wouldn't spell church if I had H before C, uh, we'll put them together here. But one thing that I had heard preached several years ago was that we need to pray for opportunities to share Jesus with other people, and I agree with that. We need to be praying for opportunities, and then I got to dig a little bit deeper into that and talking to a few pastors. They're like, well, yeah, we also need to uh, pray that we would recognize those opportunities, and that's really big. We need to recognize those opportunities, so for the last, the last letter is H. That is heed opportunities to witness. But if you don't have the last C, which is courage to follow through, it's not going to happen. Because I got to thinking about that. There were so many times that I would pray, like Hannah and I, when we were first dating, it doesn't really work so much where we are right now because there's not that many around us, but we would pray before our dates that God would show us somebody to help out show us a homeless person or somebody that needed a little extra help or somebody that needed the gospel to be shared with them and it would happen I mean we would be in Greenville going to a movie or something and we'd run into somebody Um, several times we were able to go into the store and buy them some socks and food and things like that go out and buy them um, an $8 turkey sandwich and, uh, and give it to them and that happened a lot but when we, when we recognize those opportunities, if we don't have the courage to follow through with it, it's useless. It's useless being able to see somebody and say, that person needs Jesus. That person needs somebody to pray for them right now. You can recognize it. And you can even kind of shy away and go pray for them in your car. That's better than nothing, right? But when they have a felt need that they need right then, they need a sandwich right then, they need something right then, they need the gospel right then and you don't share that with them, that is on you at that point. God has done his job. You don't know if God's been drawing his heart. You don't know if God's been softening his heart. Then all of a sudden you just slink away and forget about it. So we need courage to follow through with this. Um, part of that, go back to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, is that God has given us his Holy Spirit so that the Spirit could speak through us. And work through us. That ought to give you a little bit of courage, right? <laughs> when that God is there. God is right there with you. But that doesn't always work for us, right? So Deuteronomy 31. Verse 6. says, be strong and courageous. When I was looking that up, there are so many places in Scripture that talks about being courageous, being strong, being firm. It's all over the place. So I had to only pick a couple little places here it says be strong and courageous do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord your God goes with you he will never leave you nor forsake you then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel be strong and courageous for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give to them and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. Verse 8, The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Not only is the Holy Spirit already drawing these people, already working in their life, and not only has he already done his job of prompting you and telling you where to go and what to do, But he's going before you. He's going to already be there with you. All you've got to do is be obedient and follow through. Now listen, I firmly believe that if that person is truly repentant and and is being drawn by God, that whether you help out or not, they're going to come to Christ, right? The Holy Spirit is going to do his job whether you do yours or not. It's whether you're obedient and whether you receive the blessing that comes from that. That is totally up to you. That is where your choice comes in. And so many times we decide that, no, I want to live the way I want to live. I want to act the way I want to act and do what I want to do. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. am just going to give you a couple of these, these verses here that talks about us being strong. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And that goes back up to you, understanding that it's not up to you, right? Your labor is not in vain. It is never in vain. God's Word never comes back void, regardless of how bad you may think you're butchering it, right? It's always going to move somebody. Luke 10, verse 2. And I'll begin to finish up here. And he said to them, Does anybody know where this is? Uh, this is? This one right here is one that really got me several years ago. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The harvest is out there, guys. People are out there in a lost and dying world. It may not look it down here. You go up to New York, it looks spiritually dark. It's a very oppressed area, a very depressed area. There is a lot of spiritual warfare in that area. It, it, it's, it's tough. It's a tough place to be, and it really is. But you look at the, this super awesome spiritual Bible belt that we live in down here. The harvest is just as plentiful down here as it is up there. There are just as many lost people down here that there are up there. They just don't know they're lost. They act like they're saved. They act like they've got some I always tell our kids they act like they got some raisins. Act like they've been raised right, you know? They act like it, but they're really not. They act like they're saved, but they're really not. So you may you may or may not be able to remember church, right? But I will try to help you once again. Conviction hearing the Holy Spirit, understanding that it's not up to you, relationships with people, courage to follow through, and heeding the opportunities to witness. Um, heed actually means to pay attention and to take notice of. That's a little bit easier than the courage part, though. Right? That's why I focus so much on the courage part. And... Uh, Before I close, um, Hannah, do you mind handing me that water bottle? Hmm? That water bottle. You don't see it? So here's the thing. If we have received this gift of salvation, that is what is meant to be given away as well. If you have not received it, like she's looking everywhere for this water bottle that's not there, right? If you have not received the gift of salvation you can't share it with somebody you can't give it away to somebody the, this free gift of salvation is a free gift that is meant to be multiplied and given away freely and so many times we think we've got it and we're looking around for it we act like we've got it but we don't you have not received that free gift of salvation one of the things that anybody ever heard of Good News Club the uh, child evangelism um, fellowship or whatever it is. I absolutely love the definition of sin that they give. And it is anything that we think, say, or do that is disobedient or displeasing to God. absolutely love that. Anything that we think, say, or do. You're like, well, I've never... You know, look at, look at Hitler and all the things that he did. Well, are we comparing ourselves to Hitler or are we comparing ourselves to the perfect Christ? Right? And when we're comparing ourselves to Christ... And what he did and what he has done for us, we always fall short. We always fall short. And I guarantee you every one of us today is either falling short this morning when you got up at some point or you definitely did at some point this week. But I'd like to add a little bit more to that definition that the CEF gives. And that it's also anything that we don't do that God commands us to do is also sin. You ever thought about that? Absolutely, brother Miles.
5: Mhm.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Mhm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Absolutely, Miles, yeah. And every one of us do that all the time. You're not alone in that. And it's something that we need to work on in our own lives. Right, Miles? Something we need to pray about. Something we need to ask repentance over. It really is. And there are even people... Miles is talking about somebody that you can physically, visually see that is struggling. There are people out there that are struggling, but you can't tell it. You can't tell it. And they need Jesus just as much as the next person, right? So that is our job, is to be able to share the gospel with somebody. And the question I have for you is, have you received that gift? I'm not saying, did you pray a prayer when you were a little kid and now you think everything's rosy and great and you can live however you want to the rest of your life. No, it's not how it works. Um, I believe it was uh, uh, Dr. Lee at Eastside several years ago that said uh, you can't backslide for 50 years and expect to be okay, right? It doesn't quite work that way. And uh, when when we have been saved, when we have received Christ as our Savior, he says that we are a new creation. Our hearts are made new. We are completely new, inside and out. We act differently. We talk differently now. I'm not saying that we're all going to be perfect, right? But we completely act differently. We are a different, new person. When you have not fully put your faith and trust in Christ, it doesn't matter how much you know about it or how you feel about the church or whatever. That's not what it's about. It's about a relationship. And, and that's what happened in 2004, like Mark and I were, or Mark had mentioned. For me, I realized that I didn't have a relationship with God. I realized that even the demons believe that he's the son of God. Even demons believe that he died and rose again. Have you thought about that one? Even they know that. Yet, Christ died for us. He died for us to put our faith and our trust in him and to repent. And repentance isn't just feeling sorry and saying, please forgive me. It's completely turning from our evil ways and following him. Repentance means a 180, a complete change of direction and going towards him. So for those who have not done that, I ask that that is what you do today. I ask that you don't leave here without without seeking out somebody, asking them to pray for you, or even just right there in your own pew. That's where I did. I was in my pew when I, when I got saved, you know. And uh, that, that is perfectly okay. You don't have to walk some special aisle or whatever and say some special incantation or whatever. That's not how it works. It is a true heart change that Christ does within you. And for those of you who, like the majority of us cultural Christians, who may come to church on Sunday morning, sit there, sing a few songs, and then leave never been changed, never going into the actual mission field that is Liberty, South Carolina, Pickens County, wherever you may be. I pray that uh, today will be the day that you lay that down and you repent of that in your own life. So let's go ahead and go Lord in prayer, guys. Father, we just thank you so much for just the amazing opportunity we have to be here this morning. Um, The freedom that we've had to be able to come in here and sit in these nice, soft pews and air conditioning and electricity, all the things that so many of us take for granted, Lord. Father, I pray that uh, we'll never take it for granted, but take full, that we just take full advantage of it, Lord. Father, I pray that uh, what we are not, Lord, you will continue to teach us, and what what we are not, you will continue to make us, Lord, that you would make us more into you. Father,
0: we love you, ask us in your name, amen. Let's stand together, and uh, this is an opportunity to respond to what John has shared with us, the truth that we've heard this morning, and we know the Bible says we're all sinners. We know that, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23 tells us that the, the penalty or the payment, the wages of our sin is death. Wouldn't it be sad if that were the end of that verse? And that's we, we know that we're lost, that we're sinners, and that the payment or the penalty for that sin is death, and that was it. But praise God, the rest of the verse says, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God's gift. And John asked us this morning, have we received that gift? Because if we hadn't received it, then we certainly can't give it. So how about you this morning? Is the Lord dealing with your heart this morning? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Can you remember a time when you dealt with your sin by believing that Jesus died on an old rugged cross at Calvary for you? He paid the price for your sin with His own blood, and you said yes. And you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You believe that He arose again, and you believed in Jesus. And at that moment, you got saved. Can you remember that time in your life? You may not be able to tell me the exact time or date, but it needs to be a reality that you dealt with your sin and you remember that. You trusted in Christ. If not, if God is speaking to your heart right now, I want you to step out right now and come and let's take care of it right now. Let's receive the greatest gift of all that's available to you through Jesus. If God is speaking to your heart, I encourage you to come. Let today be the day of salvation. But also, if you have that assurance in your heart, as I have been sharing about that, it resonates with you. And you know, yes, I've done that. I remember. For me, it was I've shared this with my church family many times. It was at Easley High School football stadium at an associational crusade event that Betty Smith preached at. And I remember that. My mom led me to Christ in the parking lot. I remember that. What about you? Can you remember that? Do you, do you know that you're going to heaven when you leave this world? Do you have that assurance? Oh, don't leave here today without getting right with God. If God's speaking to your heart, come on. Let's, let's receive Him today. But if you've got that assurance and you know that that's settled, and you know that the Holy Spirit of God even now is giving you that assurance and you know that. What was the verse that John shared with us? The, the harvest is, is plenty, plentiful, but the laborers are what? Few. And, that, and that's, that's the case even right here in the Bible Belt in Liberty, South Carolina. The, the laborers are few. Time's running out. I think about the relationships that John shared. Listen, you work with people, you live beside people, and you do that on purpose. God has placed you in that, in that opportunity with those people for such a time as this to share Christ. You know, we just need to remember that it's His work. And so I wonder this morning, who is who is on your heart right now that you're currently praying for that you might reach out to and have those gospel conversations with? We all ought to, ought to have somebody that we're praying for, someone on our heart. So I encourage you to come. If God's laid someone on your heart, the altar is open. Why don't you come right now? There'll be no singing. Our musicians are playing. Let's respond to the Holy Spirit right now. It might be for salvation or it might be to say, you know what? I've not really done my part in, in building relationships with my coworkers or my, my friends at school or my neighbors I live beside. But I want to change that this morning. Let's be His witness. Would you come? Would you respond? before we leave I want to ask one more thing we've got our men's fish fry coming up Saturday men who is that coworker, someone that, that that you know you're concerned about may not know the Lord would you invite them bring them to our men's fish fry on Saturday at 6 o'clock it's going to be a great time Dan Scott host of the Dan Scott show also voice of the Furman Paladins is going to be with us he's going to be sharing with us and I encourage you to bring that friend. They, they may come to a fish fry. Invite them to come. It's going to be great. Also, church family, we have our memorial fellowship on the grounds. We're going to have church outside on the lawn on May the 22nd. And I love that. I just love being outside and hearing the truth of God's Word and, and the wonderful songs of praise reverberating throughout this community. We have someone here this morning that, that lived a, a block or two away and loved it when we have drive-in church. And it's a great way for us to take the message outside and share it out here in our community. But who is it that you might invite to come and join you? Bring a, Just bring a lounge chair. What do I need to bring? Just bring a lounge chair and, and join us out on the lawn as we have church outside. It's a great opportunity for us to invite those that we work with. You know, they might be hesitant to come inside the walls, but outside with a lounge chair on the lawn, maybe they'll come. Let's be praying about it. That's what it's all about. Why do we do what we do? so that we might reach out, build relationships, and share Jesus, that souls might be saved. And who the Son sets free, we are free indeed. That's <laughs> what it's all about. That's what, that's what I want for my neighbors. That's what I pray that you want for yours and for your coworkers. So I want to close this in prayer and ask God to help us in these next couple events that we have coming up, that God will use it, that we'll see lives change for His glory. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I just want to give you praise that we have a story to share. The great gospel message of Jesus, and it truly is the power of God to salvation to all who will believe. Thank you for the gospel, Lord, and I thank you for the good news that you came. God, That though we're separated from you and we're hopeless on our own apart from you because of sin, you paid it all on the cross. God, you set us free. I thank you, Lord, that we could never pay that price, but you paid it. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. And it's my prayer this morning for all of us, Lord, those that maybe you've laid on our hearts, God, that we're burdened about. Lord, may we lift them up to you right now. May we agree together as believers in Christ, Lord, that that they would believe and trust in you. God, that you would use us as your witnesses, that we would build those relationships with them. God, that we would send a, 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 a make a phone call or... Or we would invite someone at work this week to come to the men's fish fryer, to come to our our, uh, our worship on the grounds coming up on the 22nd. Lord, use these opportunities for your glory. And I pray someone will come to faith in Christ. And Lord, I just want to thank you for John. Thank you, Lord, for his obedience to follow you and to be used by you. And Lord, I pray you'll continue to use and bless John, his ministry there in, in, uh, in New York. And thank you for Hannah a faithful bride by his side, Lord. I just pray that you'll bless them. And thank you, Lord, for this fine family. And right now, God, as we take a love offering for them, Lord, I pray that we'll give from our hearts for your glory, God, that your work would be done. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you would, just for a moment, if you'll just have a seat. And uh, again, this is a, a love offering for John, and he's shared with us the, the good work. And I just praise God that someone came to faith in Christ on Easter Sunday, and he's going to go back and follow up and disciple them, and I'm sure Believer's Baptism will be a part. They'll celebrate that. What's that? In a river. And it might snow on Wednesday and Thursday. (laughs) Praise God. Um, So, uh, you know, I pray that God will use that. And that will be contagious. And it will just spread like wildfire. And God will send a great revival there. And um, so everything that that you give in this offering is going to go to help John. And, you know, we met our Annie Armstrong uh, Easter offering, and that goes to North American Missions, the same thing that John's talking about right here. I appreciate Nam and the good work, and this is part of that right here. And uh, so, John, we thank you. Thank you for being here and for sharing with us, and let's, uh, let's ask God to bless this offering. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray that you'll take this offering. God, that it will be a blessing to John. And God, that you will just use it for your glory, that lives would be changed. Continue, Lord, to do the great work through John. And Lord, we pray God, that You'll use us right here in Liberty, South Carolina as well to be Your witnesses, to build those relationships, to not be silent about our faith, and to, have, uh, to find out about those that we work with and have those conversations, Lord. I just pray that You will bless. We ask again in Jesus' name. Amen.